0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show itself or these segments, I want to tell you a little bit about that. I am joined today by my special guest co-host, Robert Rosenthal, M.D. He has been a student of A Course in Miracles since before it was published. He was also a close personal friend of Bill Sefford, Ph.D., who co-scribed the course along with Helen Chuckman, and Dr. Bob has also served on the board of directors for the Foundation for Inner Peace, who publishes the course since 1992. He's a board-certified psychiatrist in private practice near Princeton, New Jersey, and authors From Plagues to Miracles, The Transformational Journey of Exodus, From the Slavery of Ego to the Promised Land of Spirit. The book interprets the biblical story of Exodus. It's a fabulous book that you will want to add to your spiritual library. While you're listening, please visit from PlaguesToMiracles.com to to learn more or to read excerpts from the book. If you would like to call in and ask a question, all you need to do is dial area code 347-934-0751. The way we formatted the program is that Dr. Bob will give a brief discourse on the topic, which today is the topic of relationships, holy relationships versus special relationships. So we're going to dig uh, as deeply into that as we can. And if you'd like to participate in the discussion, feel free to dial in. We will get to you after uh, the discourse and after we have a brief discussion. So welcome back, Dr. Bob. How have you been? Thanks
1: so much, Shara. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, I've been good. I've been busy, but I've been good. Uh, And you?
0: Yeah. Yes, things are very interesting. Of course, I'm very busy as well and trying to accomplish as much as possible in a short amount of time. And the reason... (laughs) The reason I wanted to give a more extended uh, bio on you is because we are picking up so many new listeners each week and each month that I wanted to keep everybody on top of things and kind of have that information right there for them. Uh, But I have uh, an interesting experience to share with you.
1: I would love to hear it, as our listeners will too.
0: Yes, and I have several projects that I'm trying to get off the ground. I'm not ready to announce what they are. But I'm a very uh, detailed person, and I, of course I aim for perfection, um, and I, I've had some anxiety as to how I will manifest certain aspects of these projects, even though the foundation has already been laid by way of miracle. So I know the thoughts that are floating around in my mind, and I'm not in active stress mode, but I do have these thoughts of wonder, like, well, how am I going to do this? Well, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, how am I going to do that? Uh, don't even worry about it. It'll be provided. And so I let it go. But yesterday, in the morning, I was dreaming, and then I had a moment where I realized that I was lucid, and there's that, that distinct feeling of, oh, I can actively participate. And so I turned to the person who was talking to me, who was one of my guides, and he said something very interesting to me. And while I'm aware of both concepts, To a very deep degree, I've never heard it said quite this way, and the impact was very profound. So, in the dream, he said to me, quote, the entire universe exists in your mind. The kingdom of heaven dwells in your heart. You need not look so far outside yourself to touch either. And with that moment, as he looked into my eyes, I had this profound understanding that I maybe sometimes think of one or the other but I've never looked at both at the same time and and got a pictorial of the like my mm-hmm. immediate environment the world and the solar system existing in the center of my brain as and simultaneously the kingdom of heaven in my heart and the direct correlation between the two and that maybe we have a tendency to look at one, uh, you know try to manifest through one and forget the other or be try to be in the kingdom of heaven in our hearts and you know and the in the the latter takes second place to it does does that make sense it was a profound profound it sounds moment like where it, i really it, got it
1: i mean it sounds incredibly profound um it,
0: i got it at a very deep level that it's both simultaneous in my body i thought that was pretty could cool could
1: you just repeat that essence of what what that voice said to you i mean that sounded amazingly profound and i just you know want to register it as clearly yeah. as possible
0: it 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 seems simplistic but the but the depth of it if you sit with it and let it kind of um resonate he, it was the entire universe exists in your mind the kingdom of heaven dwells in your heart you need not look so far outside yourself to touch either which i took to mean like what do you mean the whole universe exists in my mind? Like it's a figment of my imagination, but I dismissed that idea immediately and realized that what it was saying was, because the entire universe exists in my mind, that gives me direct access to it.
1: Yes. Well, and it is a figment of your imagination, or of our collective imaginations. You know, Mm -hmm. the universe... I mean the world of perception as the course says is a mirror not a fact so uh it is out there and that's why you know we can influence it but where where we really become skillful learners is when we recognize that as your voice said by accessing the kingdom of of heaven of love in our hearts um then the the universe uh that we're projecting out from our minds suddenly aligns and becomes a much happier place to be living in um, mm-hmm. but that's not even really the goal you know the goal is is still oneness the goal is to wake up right. uh, a, a side effect of that quest is things things get better
0: <laughs> right and it's well of course the timing is perfect because you had um several days ago emailed me what topic you wanted to talk about and of course this is um I, I think in twenty years we could never get through a Course in Miracles to the depth that you and I would like to. But so yeah. I sat with that for a little while yesterday and then I was very busy yesterday and I said, Well, I'll go through the material tomorrow as I usually do and because there's three chapters to reference in our recommended reading and then today when I went through it, here's what I found in chapter seventeen. And this is chapter seventeen section five, the healed relationship, paragraph fourteen. If heaven were outside you, you could not share in its gladness. Yet because it is within, the gladness, too, is yours. You are joined in purpose, but remain still separate and divided on the means. Yet the goal is fixed, firm, and unalterable. And the means will surely fall in place because the goal is sure, and you will share the gladness of the sonship that it is so. How perfect is that?
1: Wow, that is
0: perfect. Isn't that, that is cool?
1: perfect. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I was worried you're, uh, about the means of how I'm going to get my project off the ground. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's beautiful.
0: <laughs> well, funny. and you
1: were already tapped into the uh, the the, the uh, topic uh, before we even decided on it, in a sense. And, yeah. You know, I mean, it just goes to the oneness of, of mind. I mean, you know, we can look at all of these these synchronicities and you know miracles and from an ego level we just marvel isn't that amazing and you know how can people do these things and psychic powers when in point of fact from the perspective of oneness as you align as we all you know line up you know kind of like iron filings uh, under a magnetic field it's inevitable i mean they can't not happen because mind is one um, and so, the better we bring our own individual mind into alignment with that oneness, the more we're going to see manifestations of it, and the more we see manifestations of it um the more the better it feels, the more loving it feels, the more mm-hmm. the more connected we are
0: mhm, yeah, so I feel really happy, and I need not worry, and that brings me peace mm-hmm. Yeah. am um, back to I love my, it, so I love this topic you had recommended um certain passages in uh, chapter 16, 17, and 22. Really great stuff, and I'd like to turn it over to you now and hear your beautiful thoughts on the topic.
1: Well, thank you. And, and of course, having picked uh, a few of those sections, I was very aware of how much I was leaving out and how just about all of chapters, you know, 16 and 17 and much of 21 and are focused on the special relationship uh and indeed by chapter 24 there's a whole chapter on specialness so this is a topic um yeah we could easily spend you know a day's workshop on and and not cover it all that said mm-hmm. um specialness is it's essential to understand specialness if you're going to um you know take the spiritual journey shed the ego and remember your reality as as the one Son of God, uh, the Christ mind, and I think this is why so much of the text of the course is focused on specialness and um, we don 't get as much of it in the workbook, even though we are actively working on that through the process of forgiveness but um, but the ego loves specialness um it 's a hallmark of the ego a- and it can't not be because the ego you know has separated itself from oneness from God and and knowing that it's kind of a, an inferior, partial fragment uh, that isn't even part of the oneness, because once you fragment oneness, you don't have oneness, um, that it's just an illusion. The ego has to try to you know, seek for all of these things to bolster it up and justify its existence and make it feel like it doesn't need God, it doesn't need oneness, it's perfectly fine without it. And so the ego seeks for myriad, or not myriad, actually, um, a number of different forms of specialness. And I, and I do think they are limited. Um, I think the ego looks for specialness through fame, or through power, or through wealth, or through beauty, or talent, or your uh, intelligence, smarts. Um, but in all of these things, you know, some of us have it, some don't. We, we know that not everyone is going to be famous. Many of us don't even want to be famous. You know, oh, my God, don't push me out there in that spotlight. Power, I mean, that's very heady for some folks, but for others, nah, you know, I I don't want to, you know, be controlling other people or telling them what to do. Wealth, well, I guess we all want wealth at some, you know, at at one level or another. um, But we all recognize that we're not going to be billionaires or we're not willing to... To do what it takes, and um, you know, screw people out of their money the way uh, the way some individuals feel they have to do to gather wealth. Um, so the ego has all of these things, but the one path towards specialness that is open to every single ego mind, every one of us living in a physical body here on planet Earth, is the special love relationship. You don't have to be famous or powerful or rich to fall in love and be gloriously happy forever after as you and your beloved walk hand in hand into that sunset. Uh, And I think this is why the Course takes on the special love relationship before it then goes to the broader topic of specialness in general, because the special love relationship is kind of the epitome of specialness and, 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 and the ego's hunger and thirst for it, craving for it. We all know what the special love relationship is. Um, you know, we wouldn't have Hollywood movies and we wouldn't have Motown music if it wasn't for the special relationship. Um, you know, two people's eyes meeting across uh, a crowded room and they fall in love. Um, we see it portrayed kind of in two different forms in in, in the romantic comedies, the rom-coms that Hollywood uh, gives us. There's the... F- the template where two people just despise each other, but we know they're destined to be together. And, of course, through the course of the movie, they realize that they are supposed to be together, so love triumphs over hatred. Um, Examples of this would be When Harry Met Sally or um, the old Humphrey Bogart movie The African Queen or the even older classic uh, with um, Claudette Colbert and um, I was going to say Rhett Butler Clark Gable. Uh, It happened one night. But the more compelling um, story of romantic love and special relationship that we all know is the intense one-on-one love at first sight, love trying to overcome adversity in all odds, and triumphing despite the odds. And I think here of, of course, Romeo and Juliet and the movie Titanic. Um, Mm. The interesting thing about those two movies is, you know, there's just this intensity of love, and it triumphs, but it always triumphs in death. It's it's kind of funny. It's like, for that love to triumph, it has to leave the physical world. Um, you know, if we picture Romeo and Juliet getting married and having kids and, you know, raising them, they're going to have the same kinds of, you know, um, ups and downs and good days and bad days, and, you know, Romeo's going to have bad breath in the morning, and Juliet's <laughs> going to start getting a few wrinkles, and you know, so in a sense, even in its most popular portrait, the special love relationship is a fiction. It, it can't last. It can't be brought into reality. It works best when um, it flares briefly and then everybody dies. Uh, and, of course, if you say, well, you can have true love, but then you're going to be dead in, you know, a month, I don't think too many of us would sign on. Um, mm. A Course in Miracles portrays this uh, the special love relationship as, as not real love, because real love is inclusive. Real love doesn't discriminate. Um, real love doesn't see specialness. But that the special love relationship is an illusion of love that attempts to bring an illusion of love into the world of physicality of illusion in order to hold at bay the hatred that's really there. Now, some people have trouble with this. They go, hatred, you know, wh- what do you mean hatred? Well, first, look around. There's there's violence, there's murder, there's jealousy and anger everywhere. But if you perhaps substitute for the word hatred the idea separation, an illusion of love that holds off the notion of separation and that we're all leading our separate lives of desperation, trying to eke out some happiness in this, you know, veil of sorrow, then I think the special love relationship starts to make sense. You know, it's a shelter from the storm, or as the music uh, likes to tell us, you know, as long as I've got you, babe, you know, nothing can bother us. We'll overcome all tro- all adversity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the drug that we're all raised on. Mm. Um, and... Even, you know, the best movies show that uh, that it is an illusion. I mean, one of my favorites is um, the 60s movie The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman, where he's chasing uh, the woman, Katherine Ross, and pursuing her in every obstacle. And at the end, he wins her. She goes with him. And they're sort of sitting at the back of the bus, her in the wedding dress uh, that she was wearing to get married to another guy, and him with a dumb grin on his face. And sort of the implication is... Where are they going? You know, the bus is going somewhere. What Mm -hmm. what next? You know, the story Mm -hmm. doesn't end there. So the special love relationship... I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Just with a sense of triumph over acquiring love.
1: Yes. And this is what I wanted to get to, is the special love relationship is most intense before it happens. Um, and, and and this is sort of the bookend to the uh, Romeo and Juliet death part. We are most in love and infatuated while we're pursuing the object of love. Um, you know, when I remember this, oh, you know, when I'd fall in love with a girl at 16 or 18 or 20, I mean, you know, the pursuit was everything. The moment that they turn around and love you, in a sense, the the, the clock starts running in the other direction, and the specialness begins to drain out of it. Now, from A Course in Miracles' perspective, this is classic, because, as the Course tells us, the ego's motto is, seek but do not find. So when we take that idea and apply it to the special love relationship, we can see that, oh yeah, seek it, look for it. Somewhere out there is... Is that one person who's going to, you know, complete you and make you whole and make life happy forever after? But the moment you think you find them, you begin to question, are they really the one? Um, Why is this? Well, there's an old Woody Allen line uh, that says, you know, I would never want to be a member of any club that would have me. Uh, And I think that (laughs) love relationships work a little like that. The moment that the other person actually loves us, it feels tremendously gratifying. But there's also a sense of, oh, well, how, how could they love us? I mean, you know, we're flawed, we're inferior, and we thought that they were so much better. We chose them because they were more special than we were. And by hooking them in a love relationship, we don't have to feel our inferiority, our flawedness. We can sort of piggyback on their specialness. Uh, and, and, and in that way, um, you know, we're complete. But the moment they're with us, You know, how special can they be if they don't recognize, you know, what a mess we are? Uh, And so from the moment that there is that connection, doubt starts creeping in. uh, And the Course puts this in a beautiful way. It says that the special love relationship is kind of this ritual of mutual sacrifice, where each person takes the self that they don't like in them and kills it, in order to get this better self through this other person. And when the other person feels the exact same way about you, they're killing their self that they don't want, sacrificing it in order to have you as their better self. That, the Course says, is what we call a match made in heaven. I mean, it's wild.
0: Uh, uh
1: So seek, but do not find. Now, another way to think about special relationships, they're really a form of idolatry. You know, we're not looking to God for love with a capital L, that love that transcends everything, you know, what the Greeks called agape, the love of all humankind. Um, we want to find it just in one special place, one little corner that we can protect, and that's just ours. I mean, all jealousy and envy comes from this in a way, you know, uh-oh. Someone was looking at, you know, our woman, our man. Um, the fact that it's that fragile, that, that that it could be so easily taken from us, shows how unreal it is. I mean, um, lesson 133, I will not value what is valueless, states that anything that doesn't last forever isn't a true value. So the special love relationship, whether it ends because it's so frail that someone takes it away from us, or whether it ends in blazing death uh, that preserves that love forever seemingly, or whether it ends in a slow bleed of, you know, the specialness just going out of it like uh, the air going out of uh, an old tire. However way you look at it, it can't work. Um, It's not a substitute for God. We can't worship those idols. In fact, it's a defense mechanism because it's saying to us, Yes, we think we're separate incomplete beings. Um, but no, if we just find that one other person, um, then we're not separate and we're doing just fine. Um I'm going to give uh I'm going to offer everyone a metaphor for understanding this that I think is both um powerful and cute at the same time. Uh and uh but yeah, let, let, let me just do that now. Because because uh, I'm thinking of it, but um, if you think about oneness, it's it's whole, it's complete. There can't be specialness within oneness. I mean, what would be special? It's all one. You know, in order to have any sense of specialness, you have to have judgment. You have to have comparison. There has to be a sense that. You know, he's better than than him, or she's better than her. Uh, all of that requires separation and differentiation. Um, it all requires that we don't see each other as one. We can't make those judgments if we're all one. If I'm looking past your face and your personality and your achievements, um, to just seeing the face of Christ in you, the oneness, that love... What's special there? I mean, in that sense, everyone's special and no one's special. So, so, um, so separate the ego in separation re- requires bodies. Uh, it requires that the oneness fracture and break up. So, the metaphor that I want to offer is: picture um, a perfect diamond that is just infinite it's just it's flawless the light moves through this this crystal without any obstacle or block without any distortion um it is the perfect whole gem that cannot be broken cannot be divided and yet somehow through um ways completely inexplicable this diamond completely shatters that's the separation it shatters into billions and billions of fragments. I felt like Carl Sagan saying it for a second, billions and billions. Uh-huh. Um, billions and billions of fragments, each one of which, because it's coming from this this, this um, diamond of consciousness, has awareness, but no longer remembers that it was diamond, that it was this one great wholeness. Each fragment now thinks it's just a little fragment, um, and it's self-aware, and it's going to do its best to, you know, get through life and, and not get hurt or killed or further fragmented. Um, and the goal of forgiveness, the goal of the atonement, would be to reform that diamond, to bring all of the fragments back into oneness. The special relationship works against this by going, no. I need to find that one fragment that matches me the best. And when we find each other and have that perfect fit, we don't need the diamond anymore. We, you know, we're great. So if I'm a long, jagged fragment with hard edges, maybe I'm looking for another fragment that's long and jagged that will match my hard edges. Or maybe I'm thinking, no, 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 I want a, a, a fragment that's soft and, and rounded, you know, that, that will ma- complement my jagged edges. Um, but we're not seeing the whole. We're looking at the outer form the body, the personality um, we 're necessarily looking at the past, you know, as I said earlier, in order to make any judgment we 're always weighing the past. who were we what did where did, where were we where were we hurt before in a relationship that our next one we're not going to make that mistake again. And what goes unseen in this endless hunt for specialness and special relationships is the fact that you are surrounded by a sea of diamonds. And that when we forgive, as A Course in Miracles describes it, when we see past the form, when we're not looking at the shapes of the fragments, and all we're seeing is, ah, the diamond in you meets the diamond in me – namaste, you know, the God in you, the spirit in you, greets the spirit in me, that that's the oneness, then the atonement happens and we we take our rightful place back in the sonship. Um, But so the special relationship, you know, we all want one of these um, at some point in our life, but it's a defense against truth. It's it's a, it's a huge obstacle. It's saying, no, 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 come here, worship at this idol of specialness. It will offer you what you really want. And to the extent that you're doing that, you're overlooking oneness. Because the only way that a fragment can find its way back to completion is not with another fragment. It's with God. If that diamond actually never did break up, it's still there in all of its perfect splendor and oneness, all the fragment has to do is remember it's still part of that there is no journey, there is no quest uh, there is no seek but do not find um, for things out there in the world that will complete us and make us whole the only completion lies in God um, because God by definition is complete so if we look at the special love relationship as a distraction then perhaps you know we can begin to transcend it but it's hard to do. You know, I started working with a course in miracles when I was 20 years old and um and I understood it pretty well after a couple years. Uh that didn't make any difference. If you had said to me, yeah, you can have forgiveness or you can have the special love relationship at that age, I would have said, give me the special love relationship. I really want that. I I need to try that. I need to I need to taste that drug. So I think that in some respects um living a little bit of life running its race and seeing that you know you've been in a few relationships you've um had achievements you've had successes you've had failures and experiencing that none of them really got you what you wanted i think this gives us much much more of a foundation to turn away from The ego's quest for specialness and ultimately land ourselves back in the lap you know I've often wondered um, when those actors win the academy award for best actor or actress and they're standing up there and you know you know they must feel like the whole world is theirs you know what is it like three days later a week later you know what's it like the following year when someone else is winning it same with the Olympics Uh, you know same with any triumph like that the ego's specialness cannot last. It can't complete us. Um, we, we, own, we need the oneness of God for that. So that brings us to the holy relationship. And I actually think there's a lot less to be said about the holy relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Course makes the point right from the beginning that, you know, that, that the curriculum is about undoing our blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is our natural inheritance Love is always there. We are simply blocked. We've chosen to be blocked from seeing it. Um, that That's our choice. Um, but at any moment, we can, quote-unquote, choose once again, at which point we allow love back in. So understanding the special relationship, not in order to analyze it and dissect it and somehow change the form and make it better, but to walk away from it, to go, you know, this heroin isn't going to help me, Um, I need the sobriety of God, I need oneness, Um, that is is where we want to go. So the holy relationship, quite simply, is a relationship where you have aligned your purpose with someone else. Um, The Course says a holy relationship values holiness above all else. Seems self-evident, seems obvious, but it's quite powerful. It means you know, that you're not pursuing any other idols. Um, That there's nothing else, quote unquote, out there that you think you want, because you've looked within and realized that wholeness lies within, not outside. And from that position, you find a partner, um, companions, who share your insight into the true nature of, of, of what's within who recognize that there is that diamond consciousness, that they are also um, recognizing and wanting to make more permanent. And together, you align in purpose. It's shared purpose. So instead of trying to achieve a union of bodies and personalities and and making that the the holy of holies, we let go of that use the body as a means of communication, which is the Holy Spirit's reinterpretation of what the body is for. It's no longer about separation. It's about working our way, not working my way back to you, babe, but working my way back to God. Um, and in that process, you know, we we practice forgiveness. We release the past. We experience the holy instant, which is essentially the pure present freed from the past. Um, the course says when you're tempted by a holy, by a special relationship, you know when you're, I don't know, at a party or an event, and boy, that one person just really feels like you want to, you know, go after them and spend a lifetime or two with them. The course says no, go to a holy instant, spend it with the Holy Spirit, because in the holy instant you will remember and experience the love that is the one love of God, and once you've Put yourself back in that place once you've dissolved back into that there is no form of specialness that's going to be compelling you know you can look at that person again and realize oh yeah there's you know another fractured uh split you know separate son of god whom i want to have forgiveness and uh union with so we're working towards a union of mind which was split rather than a union of bodies which you know, the body is the symbol of the ego, the ego is the symbol of the separation, you can't bring bodies together. Um, I don't care how good the sex is, there's still a notion of a body there. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas one-mindedness, yeah, that's seamless. Uh, And that, when we get there, lasts forever. So um, I want to just close by reading one section that, Shar, you and I um, both really enjoyed, which I th- which offers a contrast between the special relationship and the holy relationship. And this comes right at the start of chapter 22 in the introduction in paragraph 2 about you know a third of the way through. Quote, For an unholy relationship is based on differences where each one thinks the other has what he has not. They come together, each to complete himself and rob the other They stay until they think that there is nothing left to steal, and then move on. And so they wander through a world of strangers, unlike themselves, living with their bodies perhaps under a common roof that shelters neither, in the same room and yet a world apart. A holy relationship starts from a different premise. Each one has looked within and seen no lack, Accepting his completion, he would extend it by joining with another, whole as himself. He sees no difference between these selves, for differences are only of the body. Therefore, he looks on nothing he would take. And then skipping a few lines, how far from home can a relationship so like to heaven be? So right there we have the the differences. The special relationship looks at differences, the holy relationship sees no differences, uh, and in that, re-embraces truth. So let me um, stop there. Uh, you know, I, I, as I said, this is a topic that we could, you know, go on in great depth about and, and look at all of our personal experience, but I, I wanted to just, you know, offer that sort of Cliff Notes version. Um So um, do you have thoughts or questions or other points? Um, Take it away.
0: (laughs) All right. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. There's um, so much to um, retouch on, and I have some thoughts, and I'd also like your professional opinion as a psychiatrist on some scenarios that many of uh, the listeners may be experiencing, so we can offer them some kind of comfort in their Sure. Unique situations, so, so I thought that would make this segment very thorough. I loved your analogy of the diamond shattering into a billion fragments. I thought that was perfect, and you had said um, when we when given the choice between a special relationship and the oneness of a holy relationship, you made the comparison that there would be judgment and comparison and separation and differentiation, and that's what makes it special because it would stand out above or beyond the rest um, in existence. And yet with the holy relationship, because it's all the same, that might be seen as dull or vanilla or bland. But I wanted to touch on those comparisons as far as a holy relationship being seen as bland Versus the special relationship being seen as colorful, certainly we can see the attraction. However, if we look at look at it from a different perspective of the holy relationship being one of purity and being better equipped for for long standing commitment and reducing the margin for for misperception, error, and uh, pain. You know, there's always going to be pain in relationships because we're always going to grow in a relationship. And that there are uncomfortable elements where we need to grow, and that's associated with some level of discomfort. But would you rather have the purity of a holy relationship, knowing that you are truly, truly loved, versus the excitement of the drama of a special relationship where the reason it's exciting is because you never know what's going to happen. There's always the threat of being betrayed or... or um forgotten or left behind, or you know someone else wins their affections, you know there's that threat of loss, and that excites the ego so to me that yeah. that beautiful comparison makes the choice easy. I want peace, and so I want a holy relationship and yeah. thank God that's what I have, and i don't I don't want drama, I don't need the excitement of disappointment. I just don't, you know, you know what I mean? Like why talk from a, the perspective of a psychiatrist, you can go much deeper into it than I can about the excitement of a dysfunctional relationship versus the harmony and, and peace of a functional, holy relationship.
1: Well, um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful point. Um, and again, there's a lot to say. And I am a couples therapist, so I I, I sit with a lot of couples and and you know hear the uh, the conflict and the acrimony. I think though, in order to really answer that, I I think we have to recognize that the 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 path back to oneness is the, the what what a Course in Miracles or any other non-dual um, spiritual system offers is incredibly radical uh, it's it's a hundred and eighty degree departure from what we all grew up with and lived with uh, and from what the vast majority of the world still believes and pursues so you know yes, to our ego mind, specialness is is what it's all about, and traditional couple psychotherapy would attempt to get a better fit between your specialness and his or her specialness, fine-tuning it, um, giving you tools for um, moving through that conflict to some extent, or if the fit is impossible, helping you to realize that, you know, this just isn't the right person, but somewhere out there, there is another person. What the course is saying is that the whole idea that you find someone um, in order to weather the storms of life uh and to survive together and to um have some children so that you have some legacy that this is a completely upside down perspective that at best will give you temporary moments of happiness um because we can't suppress love 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 is here, we are love um you know even though we don't look at it most of the time uh it is our reality, so love does come through. Um, and uh, and in that regard, we have wonderful, loving moments in our relationships, but that that's not the goal. You know, the goal is waking up. The goal is, you know, uh, accepting the atonement for oneself, as the Course would put it. And, and very early on, the Course says the atonement is a total commitment. What that means is if you're committed to anything else, you are not committed to atonement. If you're committed to atonement, that is the plan of the uh, think of atonement, not in the traditional sense of the word, but as the process by which that one diamond um, remembers its oneness, its one diamond nature, as opposed to its fragmented nature and the process by which each fragment takes its place back within that wholeness. Um, if that is your total commitment, then nothing else really does matter except as it plays into that. So, you know, we we get into this kind of um, limbo, this wilderness, where um, you know we want our marriages, our relationships to be better, but we think of that partly through the lens of holiness, but partly through the lens of ego. You know, I wish he'd do the dishes more, um, and it really pisses me off when dinner isn't waiting when I get home from work, et cetera, et cetera. So Char, it, you're absolutely correct about there's always some degree of conflict in a relationship to the extent that we believe we are bodies living in a physical world and that those bodies have needs and demands. Um, I mean the classic one that I run into is you know the guy's always wanting sex and the woman's like well you know can't we get connected first please? Um you know I haven't talked to you in a in a deep uh, wholehearted way in you know in a week. Um mm-hmm. But there's an agenda. Each person seems to want something from the other as Mm -hmm. opposed to going inward and drawing from that well that has no bottom. And from that place, it's not so much what do I get from that other person, but in my wholeness, uh, if they're expressing love, I can meet the love. If they're expressing anything other than love then I can give love and provide that love. Now, that feels like a pretty high bar to climb, I mean, to a clear, and I certainly can't say that I'm there, and I don't know too many people who are there, but I think that's the goal that we set for ourselves. And when we're focused on that goal, well, um, you know, shazam, all of a sudden, the relationship starts working at all the other levels as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a section, I think it's um, the chapter that we were, uh, chapter 16 or maybe 17, called "Setting the Goal," where it, and, and it's in the context of turning a special relationship into a holy relationship, and it talks about set the goal first, and once you've set the goal, you can look at everything else through the lens of that goal. You know, if you're trying to get from uh, New York to San Francisco then if you've set that goal, you know when you've wandered and you find yourself in Mexico, oh, I've gone the wrong way, let me realign, let me, you know, get back towards uh, San Francisco. If you haven't set the goal, then you're pulled willy-nilly. Oh, you know, this town looks great. This one has really good food. Oh, there's a guy here I think I want to hang out with for a while. We get pulled in all different directions. So if, if each person in a relationship has set that goal for him or herself, then the relationship is on track to be a holy relationship. And as crazy as it sounds, I think that alignment takes care of, of all the problems. And when the problem comes up, all it is is it's a wake-up call. It's a reminder of, oh, I forgot. You know, I, I mistook my body for myself for a moment. Shara um, mm-hmm. uh, and I um, have very brief, you know, three- to five-minute chats before the show starts um, and you had brought up, you know, that wonderful question, you know, what is it for? What's the purpose? Um, what is our goal in this? I mm-hmm. think at any point where we're feeling discord, um, if we start asking ourselves, what do we want, What? And, and then take it deeper, well, why do I want that? What's it for? We get back on track. In um, right. From Plagues to Miracles, in the chapter on miracles, I talked about this in terms of intention setting, And really dissecting out what intention do we want from something. You know, you might think you want a special relationship, but if you dissect it down, well, I'm wanting completion. You know, you may think you want um, a new car, but what you're really looking for is a sense of peace, a sense of safety, a sense of security. Mm -hmm. So, again, when we look within and see where we believe we're incomplete and recognize that that's just good old ego pulling, you know, the wool over our eyes and realign and, you know, go to the holy instant, um, ask Holy Spirit for help, you know, um, this holy instant I give to you, be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain your direction gives me peace, then the relationship is holy. Um, mm. And if you're with someone who can't do that alignment with you, they'll probably wander off and, you know, come back to it, in you know, ten years from now or in some other lifetime, and that's okay, you've still planted the seed.
0: Um, You know, Mm -hmm. not
1: all relationships are to last our whole lives, But, um, but so as a psychiatrist, what I do is recognize that when I'm working with a client, a patient, they have a relationship with me, and my goal is to have my relationship with them be a holy relationship, even if they've never heard the term so that I'm not prescribing to them from my specialness what I think their specialness should have, or together we're sitting in judgment on the inferior world, but rather that something of the love of oneness of God, of the Christ mind, can come through, and that together we can holographically take that in so that they can leave my office and take that into their relationships wherever they are and begin to transform those. That to me is... The process of
0: healing. <laughs> Beautiful, I love it. I, <laughs> I love do. that you that you can blend a course of in miracles into your practice without even mentioning any of the key phrases. You, when you were talking about the diamond shattering into billions of pieces, you had um, mentioned that you know perhaps you're long with jagged edges, looking for the same. Yeah. And then you know, and then you get this the, the triumph that I me- that I mentioned. You have this triumph of oh, this 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 wonderful person likes me back and and wants to be with me and after a while once you become used to that person and get to know them better sometimes those jagged edges start to chafe and scrape against your senses and vulnerabilities and that's where conflict enters and you start to push each other away and yep. it also says following the pa- the paragraph that you read um no you didn't not this not this part i wanted to touch on Relationships as they are today, and then I wanted to move on another aspect of relationship. But it says because you, you spoke so eloquently of the goal. Um, let me start from uh, the section section five, okay. the healed relationship. You you read. The yeah, I was comparison. reading it from
1: later from chapter twenty two. Okay. Yeah.
0: right. Okay, in, in chapter seventeen, in section five, the healed relationship. It says, at once his goal replaces yours. This is accomplished very rapidly, but it makes the relationship seem disturbed, disjunctive, and even quite distressing. The reason is quite clear, for the relationship as it is, is out of line with its own goal, and clearly unsuited to the purpose that has been accepted for it. In its unholy condition, your goal was all that seemed to give it meaning. Now it seems to make no sense. Many relationships have broken off at this point, and the pursuit of the old goal re-established in another relationship. For once the holy relationship has accepted the goal of holiness, it can never again be what it was. goes on to say in the next paragraph towards the end, Set firmly in the unholy relationship, there is no course except to change the relationship to fit the goal. Until this happy solution is seen and accepted as the only way out of conflict, the relationship may seem to be severely strained. And this is where people break up, or maybe infidelity enters the picture, and finally divorce, or just, you know, ending this relationship. They say that yeah. the person you marry is never the person you divorce. And and <laughs> and I and I just wanted to speak... To the hearts of anyone listening who are in the middle of a divorce, because I know it's very difficult out there and it's very lonely out there. That if you were to immerse yourself in the text in these sections that we're talking about, chapter 16, 17, and 22, and all of and anywhere it's mentioned in the book, I think it would help you in your transition from marriage to reclaiming yourself. And then I wanted to Dr. Bob while we have a few minutes, I wanted to move on to those who are not in relationships but hope to find one. Okay. And I wanted to talk about what we should be looking for because so many people they like like we just explained, they take this goal and they then they place it on top of like superimpose it over someone's face. Like, okay, here's my mm-hmm. goal and I and I need you to change to fit that goal and then we start yeah. trying to change each other you know instead of that that continual compromise for harmony On, in section ch- uh chapter 16 section 4 the illusion and the reality of love paragraph 6 it says your task is not to seek for love but merely to seek and find all of the barriers within yourself that you have built against it it is not One necessary to see- I know and Oh, I get the chills. It is not necessary to seek for what is true, but it is necessary to seek for what is false. Every illusion is one of fear, whatever form it takes, and the attempt to escape from one illusion into another must fail. If you seek love outside yourself, you can be certain that you perceive hatred within and are afraid of it. Yet peace will never come from the illusion of love, but only from its reality. This is a very difficult lesson to learn, especially if you do not have the guidance of A Course in Miracles to help you see the truth. Yeah. Because I did this, I'm sure all of us have done this and could not find peace. But I, I, wanted, I want to share how A Course in Miracles has changed the way I looked for relationships. The manner in which I entered into you know, a, a romantic relationship. And also how it changed my approach on how I counsel others about it. And, and what we kind of do on the show. A lot of people like to call in. And say, if, you know, when, especially when it's like me giving readings or one of my friends, they say, oh, can you tell me anything about my love life? Do I have anybody coming in? And I talk to my friends ahead of time and said, I don't want to answer these questions. And these are my reasons why. And I say it as gently as I can, of course, but I explain to the person calling and asking. So with such desperation, dripping in their voice, will I find somebody to love? And I feel so bad. But the the best best I can offer them is we don't like to answer those questions here. I don't want that that to happen because deep down I understand that what you're really asking me is when am I going to find somebody who will save me from myself?
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: when they understand that, say, I could tell you some handsome guy will knock on your door next Thursday at at, at you know, noon, and he's going to sweep you off your feet. It doesn't matter. What matters is, like in my own experience, I had to learn about God's love before I could experience the kind of love I aspire to and I do Mm -hmm. feel that that's what a lot of people who are unattached at the moment and have been for some time this is where you are you have to experience God's love before you can get into a human love connection because that connection is supposed to be a reflection of God's love and if there's any element of specialness where like Dr. Bob said judgment, comparison, separation differentiation and fear of loss it is not holy, and it is destined to fail. Bob, anything to add
1: um yeah, um you know i I think that at the level of the people you're talking about who call in it it's maybe most useful to think about that type of love as a drug, you know um and people being in chronic withdrawal, you know, I I need the drug to feel good. Without that drug, I don't feel good. So Uh I'll go to the bar and I'll meet someone and, wow, for one night I have this high and then the next day he doesn't call uh, and now I feel shattered. Uh, And when we think of it as a drug, um, I can then look at it within the framework of the exodus journey um, from plagues to miracles and when It doesn't work when you enter a special relationship and get to the place where it falls apart, whether that's a one-night stand or whether that's a a 40-year marriage. Either way, in the metaphor of Exodus and the plagues, uh, that is a tenth plague moment. What I mean by that is that is a moment where you are at, point of surrender because all of your plans and all of the things that you thought would make you happy have crashed and burned like the Hindenburg I mean just picture that you're not Mm going to get that hot air balloon up into the air again and from that place you actually have a door opening to spirit to go inward I mean this is what Every 12-step program is about, you know, I I, I turn it over to a higher power. I can't do it myself. The moment we, we surrender and recognize that the ego mind can't bring us love, can't bring us happiness, can't bring us pretty much of anything that's really a goal that we would want, we actually um, call out for help and, you know, whether you think of it as spirit or the collective unconscious uh, or the higher self, whatever name you want to give it, the name is irrelevant. Um, it starts to walk your way. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so... So for those seeking love outside of themselves to complete themselves, yes, they have to at some level recognize that what they're looking for is literally impossible. They might as well be trying to jump off buildings and flap their arms and fly, and Absolutely. each time they fall and crash, and, you know, it's like, ah, why can't I fly? I need to find a different building to jump off of, or maybe yeah. i wear a different outfit, you know? Um, it doesn't work that way. You it, have to go inward... It, I'm sorry i'm
0: sorry i'm sorry. finish finish your sentence, and then I have to follow um, I was about just going to say
1: we have to go inward, recognize that the love is there, and when you're experiencing that love, you know you're going to become a very attractive person. The problem is a lot of other incomplete people are now going to want to glom onto you because you got that love. you can give them love, but you may not want to be in a relationship with them. That mm-hmm. goes to guidance uh, mm. and 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 so you know what I would say to someone who is not in a relationship. Is what do you want it for? Remember the the high, the initial excitement of new love doesn't last. It can't last. Um, but if the goal can be peace, contentment, um, a companion for life who shares my values, who I can you know um, travel that journey with, um, someone who can hear me and who I can hear, not you know not be- because we recognize. the the holiness in each other because I value their opinion but not in a way that makes my opinion any the less worthy Um, in psychotherapy we call this being able to work process you know when you said this I felt this and you know and I someone who can do that with you Um, someone where there is good chemistry uh, conversationally and as long as you know we're in bodies good sexual chemistry but most of all someone you feel really genuine with because if the genuineness is there, genuineness is very different than specialness. When I'm around someone I feel is really special, I actually, at some level, there's excitement, but there's also inferiority. You know, this is where where there's kind of a, almost a sense of shame or embarrassment, and you can't crack the joke because you're not genuine. Go mm-hmm. with the person you you feel genuine with, where, you know, you just talk for hours at a time, but that's not enough. You have to make sure... Oh, I mean, I've you know certainly seen people who uh in my practice where you know they meet someone and they talk on the phone for seven hours. I'm not kidding, and it's just wonderful, but at some point you know the high wears off uh and you know who is he or she like day to day? what are they like in the morning, what are they like when they come home from work you know and, and that's what you use as the criteria yeah. um but 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 for the divorce. Again, I go back to it's a 10th plague moment. I, I, I made a choice that didn't work out. That is painful, devastating. I have been divorced. I know what that feels like. It's, mm. it's a humongous kick in the gut. Um, but don't go back out looking to heal the hurt by jumping into another relationship that gets you back on a high. That's great. I, I my, my last dose of heroin ran out. I've got to get another fix. If you do that, you're in a cycle where you will continue to be hurt over and over and over again. No. Pause. Go through the withdrawal. Notice what it was that attracted you to this person at the beginning and where you may have made those mistakes. Find the love within yourself. Get yourself into a support group. Um, you know, and if you've done this enough times, maybe get into, uh, you know, a group like uh, Sex Love Addicts Anonymous, which is a 12-step program for people who who think that love is the answer, uh, special love, I should say.
0: Uh-huh. Get
1: on a spiritual journey, do some retreats, find the love within, uh, and start Absolutely. from there. Okay?
0: Absolutely. And, <laughs> I, you know, and it's what Dr. Bob was saying. We're looking... When we're looking for completion from someone else, it's impossible. They can't complete us. If you want to draw someone to you, you have to have that wholeness in yourself. Otherwise, yes. you're just going to draw whatever you're lacking in your in your self-awareness. That is what you will draw to you to help you learn that lesson. And that will be the person you're blaming for making you learn this about yourself. And and it's, it goes around and around, and it's terrible. I have noticed, and, it's, and especially in my life, it's when I say, you know what? I just want to be by myself, just me. I don't want to be in a relationship. I just want to not be missing someone or looking for someone. I don't want to be in either space. I want to just spend time with myself. And those were the moments. Boom, I met somebody. Exactly. I didn't say it worked out. I said I met somebody. <laughs> but it oh, reminds sometimes. me. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sometimes what?
1: I was just going to say, sometimes you know, we're still in the process of switching the form of the relationship, and
0: right. you know, oh
1: my my, you know, I was married to a championship athlete. Now I'm going to go for a nerd. I mean, you know, Marilyn Monroe going from you know Joe DiMaggio to Arthur Miller. I mean, boy, could you pick two more different human beings? She changed right. the form, but the inner yeah. insecurity, you know, the inner sense that. That I'm nothing without this male to complete me, and that I have to look and act a certain way to attract him. That never changed,
0: you know. I love her, and that vulnerability about her. I just wish I could protect her, but yeah. it reminds me of, um, you know, in, in my life. I want, I need to throw this out there as a caveat to anyone who is looking for a relationship. And that's when you meet somebody, and maybe you have an interesting experience where you get a chill down your spine, and you do have that love at first sight feeling. And what that really is is just soul recognition and not to diminish the impact of soul recognition. However, the ego does jump in, and it did it to me and convinces you that because you have a profound moment of recognizing the essence of someone else that is obviously a perfect stranger, but you feel the strong connection, the ego jumps in and tries to convince you that this is a romantic relationship that's meant to last forever. However, in my experience as it was taught to me, and it was one of the hardest things I had to wrap my mind around and accept, is that sometimes these people are brought in in response to us having closed our hearts down, and God sends a special messenger to us that that he knows will get our attention and inspire us to open our hearts again. Unfortunately, if it's not meant to be a lasting relationship, you kind of walk away feeling, and understand, understandably, you kind of walk away feeling like, what's the point of bringing them into my life just to open my heart if it just proves that I was right to shut it down in the first place? And of Course the Miracles will tell you, the goal is love. The yeah. the extras that come along with that, that's what makes life rich. And it reminds me of that movie, Jerry Maguire. The, you had me at hello, and they're in the elevator, and they're looking at each other, and the two deaf people are signing to each other and she translated and it says you complete me and while I love that movie when I saw that scene I'm like oh god and I probably had A Course of Miracles in my hand while I was watching the movie I'm like oh no this is going to give so, so many people false hope that another person can complete them and I do understand that we do want someone who compliments us to the highest degree possible but you can't well, but expect we, someone
1: else to complete. We don't know. I mean, you know, the point that I would make most is, you have no idea who that perfect traveling companion on the journey of spirit is. You might think you're attracted to tall, dark, handsome men, and it could be a short guy with mm-hmm. straw-colored blonde hair. I mean, we don't know. When we let go of our preconceptions and our planning, which notice are all based on the past. Um, yes. Then, anybody could walk in um, and 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 you know be exactly the right person for us, even though part of our mind is going "No, no way, because I only like blondes or you know I mean those are the voices of the past um, I wanted to just add you know your point about when you feel that that frisson, that thrill, when you see someone and, you know, the ego interprets it as romantic relationship. Um, Another um, gloss on that 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 I heard many years ago, um, actually from uh, a psychic that I I liked very much, was that, and this is not coming from A Course in Miracles perspective, but I still think it's quite useful. Mm -hmm. If you take the perspective of past lives and the idea that you know, if you're listening to this show, you've probably been around um, more than a few times, then it's inevitable that there are a lot of relationships that you had at other times that were perhaps quite intense, maybe unrequited love, maybe love where, you know, you went off to the grocery store or the equivalent of that in the 15th century and never came back, Um, relationships where you were killed, where you killed someone else, and that those feelings are just signals of, okay, there's something here that needs to be healed. And since love is the only thing that ultimately heals, when we feel that, if instead of thinking, oh, here's the rest of my life, you complete me, I'm going to jump in, it's simply a sound, uh, an opportunity to go, ah, there was somewhere here, There was love missing. I don't know what that meant, but let me just bring the love in in my own self. I don't even have to say anything to that person. Mm -hmm. Um, I can just, you know, within my own mind go, I offer you love, uh, or use the healer's prayer. You know, I am here only to be truly helpful. You know, I am here to represent Mm -hmm. him who sent me that one. Uh, You can heal that moment. I mean, you can heal wherever that, that intensity is coming from. Without having to spend three more lifetimes with that person,
0: mm-hmm. Beautiful. so just
1: you know, it's another tool for um, for working that.
0: Absolutely, and and uh, I have to say this: so <laughs> many people are are saying, "I want to find my soulmate," and it bears repeating. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in a safe place, close your eyes and picture your worst three relationships, and those were your soulmates. Thank soulmate you. rings. So much karma and so many things to be healed that the, they wind up being the, ones, the, the worst relationships we have and the ones that were the most intense and that taught us the most about ourselves. Those are soulmates. Some people disagree on the term I like to use, which is twin flame, which is someone who can grow at the same rate and pace as you on a spiritual level and be compatible on all the other levels, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So why don't we just Marry, marry the two and, and just say, don't pray for a relationship. Pray for a holy relationship. Learn how to set the criteria and set the goal to attract to you the one who would offer you all that he would seek for himself. How's that, right. Bob?
1: Yeah, I mean, or in even a broader sense, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. You know, Um, and since all relationships are ultimately vehicles for teaching, you know, whatever you're ready for is going to appear. If you're not ready and you've got to do two or three more difficult special relationships, well, you know, that's what time is for. It gives us the time to learn. Um, There you go. But if you get to a place of, you know, I'm tired of going through this again, I am ready, and you really mean that sincerely Somebody different will show up, uh, and, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. So I think looked at from that perspective, no, I mean, the desire for a soulmate or whatever label we put on it, all that's saying is, you know, I want the epitome of specialness, and I know there's one person out there who's going to deliver it to me. Good luck. Good luck yes. with
0: that. That's why you're having know? so much trouble. Yeah. But just And just to say, you know, if if you're in a pattern – in your relationships, in, your, in any in any of your relationships, whether it's coworkers or home or romantic relationships, if you see a well-established pattern and you can't find a way out of that, seek qualified help. Help get yeah. someone that can work walk you through the steps that help you understand what you're doing, how you're doing it, that repeats that pattern, and can help you heal from the causal level so that this pattern will evolve or disappear altogether seek qualified help that's my advice
1: thank you yes
0: i I see so much of it i really do
1: um you know the world of ego is a a very broken fractured shattered world and uh and has been for a long long time so uh we are you know <clears throat> we can be the, you know, the people who bring in a little bit of light into the darkness and open mm-hmm. up uh, a channel for love. You can be that person um, to the extent that you recognize it in yourself first.
0: Yes. So, wow. <laughs> wow. I feel We so covered good a lot. <laughs> we really did. And I, I think everyone's goal should be to always be honest and be true to yourself and everyone else and life will be that much easier in terms of relationship now we had mentioned last time dr bob that we're up in the air as to when we'll be doing november segment but yeah. we'll announce that to the audience by way of uh... email communication and the follow- people who are following the show and facebook
1: i'm pretty sure that it would be not that i mean i know it won't be the second week because there is a uh... foundation for inner peace board meeting um... during that time um, but um, I'm thinking the third week, which is November 20th, and a full week before Thanksgiving. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. But we will, you know, we'll post it uh, once it's definite. Once sure.
0: Yeah, once we're sure. Okay, and when we, uh, when we're told what we'll be talking about, we'll let all of you know
1: yeah and as some of you have noticed, sometimes we don't know until uh very shortly before the program <laughs>
0: yes and and then it, it falls into place beautifully it's it's just yes, it, it does just, our the way we dialogue just demonstrates how we're all connected and and how things have a flow if you let go you know that kind of thing okay yes. well any anything to let us know? Are you speaking anywhere in the coming um, weeks? Oh, yeah. like to thank let you, people thank know you. about?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um in uh a week from Saturday, um, there is a huge um virtual conference, the Miracle Share um virtual conference on a Course in Miracles. It's gonna be taking place over three days, um, Friday the seventeenth, Saturday the eighteenth, Sunday the nineteenth, with something like thirty different Course in Miracles teachers. And what they did is asked each of us um to speak for half an hour on a topic um via Skype. That has already been recorded, so that will be um broadcast virtually over the internet at a particular time and then followed by a half an hour of live Q and A. So my segment will be Saturday the eighteenth at one o'clock. Um I am talking about, will talk about, have talked about, um the topic of vision uh and uh and then I would be live um via Skype, I assume uh, for thirty minutes of q and a, so if you have any questions um, particularly on the topic of vision, but as far as i 'm concerned on anything, this would be a great chance to um, you know sign on to the conference it's it 's for what for what they 're doing it 's quite inexpensive i think it 's fifty five dollars or so, um, as I said, for three days of uh, non stop course in miracles teaching um, then the other thing, if you 're in the northeast. Um, I will be doing a workshop at the Unity Church in Asbury, New Jersey, um, also Pattenburg, New Jersey. It goes by both. On uh, my book, uh, From Plagues to Miracles, uh, on, I think it's going to be called, uh, you know, The Exodus Path of Miracles. Uh, and that would be on December 7th. So if you wanted, if you're in the area and wanted to check that out, um, you would need to um you know, drive up to the 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 church uh we'll have a service in the morning um that I'll be speaking at, and then in the afternoon we'll we'll do a you know two to three hour workshop um and I'm sure there'll be more upcoming it seems to be the pattern um but for now, those are the two <laughs>
0: okay um, Thank you for if asking. any sure i wanna let everybody know all that you're doing and if we wanted to sign up or come attend your workshop in Asbury, can we go to your website and click a link to go to where we need to go to get the information we need?
1: Once I have that information, I will absolutely be posting it um, in the on the events tab. Um, and I, I will also be um, – I, I say this uh and I'm gonna make a promise and try to live up to it. Uh sending out an email blast with, with that information as well. So if you're not on my um my list from my website and want more information on on events that I'm participating in, um please sign up and then uh you know, uh when I you know Get, get time in my busy schedule to write up uh, an email blast that has all that information. But yes, I would be posting it on, on the uh, From Plagues to Miracles.com website.
0: Perfect. Come hang out with us on Facebook, like our pages, and leave comments and feedback if you like. From Plagues to Miracles for Dr. Bob, and of course mine is Spiritual Insights Radio. And um, I, I'm not there often. I, I really don't have time but Mm -hmm. I I do try to answer people when they send me uh, inbox messages which is frequently how people get in touch with me so we will uh, see you on Facebook if you're so inclined Yes. okay so we're going to end the show as usual with a prayer and I will Mm. talk to you next time Dr. Bob you have a wonderful uh, meeting with the board of directors and send everyone my love (laughs) thanks
1: will do and love to everyone thank you for joining today um, yes. And I, I will not be back after the prayers, so I'm going to, let's all just, you know, sink into this.
0: Okay. And this is from Choose Once Again, Selections from A Course in Miracles.
1: Mm.
0: Happiness is an attribute of love. It cannot be apart from it, nor can it be experienced where love is not. Love has no limits, being everywhere, and therefore joy is everywhere as well. Yet can the mind deny that this is so, believing there are gaps in love where sin can enter, bringing pain instead of joy. This strange belief would limit happiness by redefining love as limited, and introducing opposition in what has no limit and no opposite. God, being love, is also happiness. To fear him is to be afraid of joy. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And that's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.